Hi, folks. Every month is Pride Month here on the QQ, but this month in particular, we want to highlight an organization each week that's committed to making a difference in the LGBTQIA plus community. We'll both be donating to these organizations, and we encourage you to donate and or share if you're able. Today, we want to talk about Equality Florida, which is the largest civil rights organization dedicated to securing full equality for Florida's LGBTQ community. It was formed back in 1997, and through lobbying, grassroots organizing, and education and coalition building, they are attempting to change Florida so that no one suffers harassment or discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, expression, or gender identity. They do a lot of work through raising awareness, spreading proper information, and host a lot of events, including galas throughout Florida to help raise funds to keep up the good work for LGBTQ plus protections, specifically trans action and uh, HIV advocacy, as well as equality for businesses and other things like that throughout Florida. They have plenty of volunteer and donation opportunities on their website which we will link it is eqfl.org family Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. I really am proud that this franchise took a lesson from, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and the social network by just <laughs> dropping all of the thes in this. You know, they really just kept it as clean and as tight as possible for this one. I got to tell you, this film came out in 2009, so oh, it really might predated. be the trendsetter that we think the social wow, network is. Wow, David Fincher found dead. Mm, found dead in a ditch. The question is, though, do you like the title or do you hate the title? Uh, Fast ampersand furious. I mean, I mean, this is certainly the most difficult Fast and Furious film to Google because yes. if you Google Fast and Furious, <laughs> Furious, you get all of all them. All of the movies, yes. I don't know why they didn't want to call it four, but I guess that's something. But then they change it with five. And they also introduce numbers, though, with two. I know. So it doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm well aware. It's ridiculous. Hey, and there's plenty more ridiculousness to come. Whoa. Is there? Shocking. Hi. Hello. I'm Brooke Solomon. Jordan Gustafson. Welcome back to Q-Fast, Q-Furious, the Incredible. Queer Quadrant summer series on the entirety of the Fast and Furious franchise. If you haven't already guessed, today's entry is uh, the fourth movie in this little saga, Fast, Ampersand, Furious. <laughs> and we are joined by Matt Singer of Screen Crush. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. How do you feel about Fast Ampersand, the title? Simply titled Nomenclature. I mean, at the time, I thought it was brilliant. I remember thinking, like, <laughs> just so, like, you know, like, just being really upfront with, like, look, we did we did the thing where we, we went to Tokyo and we couldn't get anybody back for that one. But this is, we got everybody back. This is the first movie all over again. And it's so much the first movie all over again. We have the exact same title, minus... The yeah. So I did. I, I thought that was sort of almost like a super villain, super villain genius that they did it that way at the time. But I agree. Yes. Now it is impossible to Google. <laughs> it is impossible to like look up the trailer on YouTube because they show, yep. uh, you know, like you might get one out of the first ten hits for this movie, and the rest are for the first movie, and for Fast Five, and it's like any other fat, you know, all the more popular ones. 
so yes, it is now. I wonder in hindsight if they think, well, that was kind of dumb because it's impossible. Like, you know, if if they had to approve, if someone had to approve this for SEO, it would never oh, get through. Disaster. It would be yes. just, yeah, it would be totally thumbs down on that. On a practical level, yeah, I think it tells you exactly what this movie is, which is like we're going to redo the first movie with the original mm -hmm. cast, and uh, that's all it is. So I, yeah, <laughs> it's sort no, of, it exactly has, it has its uh, positives and negatives. Let's say. I think that's probably Stroway. It's like not the Jordan Peele thing where it's like, nope. And you're like, okay, so we're never going to get any SEO hits ever. But at least like, you know, there's enough structure, I guess, to it. It's been really interesting with Scream 2022. Oh I feel God. like we've talked about this before, but like, it's interesting to me to be like, where do they go from here? And right. like, what does it mean? Is this going to become like a trend with like the legacy sequel business mm -hmm. um, reboot cool? god no is it are they just because that's what fast ampersand yes, period is, basically, is, yeah. is is like a reboot cool yeah no totally with all our old friends and they're all back and you're happy because you get han back my and boy. it makes your day so much better han is my boy but this is this is a, i feel like a little bit this is not a necessarily a popular one. one yeah so matt i'm very curious to hear not only about your relationship with fast and furious in general but like this movie in particular what drew you to it well, to be, I mean, totally honest, you, you know, you see, there were the, 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 my favorite movies were already chosen by the time you uh, asked me. So this it's not fair, like, this, this is, is fair. It's not like this is my favorite uh, movie uh, in the franchise. I will say though, that I do kind of have a soft spot for it. I know that mm. it is not very popular amongst certain sectors of, of Fast and Furious fans. It seems when I, when, when people talk about these movies that this kind of ranks towards the bottom for a while, it was maybe the the very bottom, but now that they've made a couple of less good ones yeah. lately, um, it's maybe risen up a little bit. For me, I always, I don't know, I, I am not the biggest Tokyo Drift fan because, mm. you know, while there's certain things I like in that movie, and obviously, like, in retrospect, the Han-ness of it, certainly, with as time goes on, makes it more and more special and stuff. To me, like, Fast and Furious means um vin diesel and paul walker like yeah. their relationship right so to a certain extent you know like as much as i still kind of like look forward to the new ones and they're silly and fun like you know like to me that when i think of why i like the, these movies from the beginning and i saw the original one in theaters and i thought it was a hoot back then and it was them like this weird like and i think that's part of the reason why the movies in general are probably a lot of fun to talk about on your podcast but this one in particular i think they have this very weird mm -hmm. like love vibe going on or this Definitely. like Hate, lo hate love hate i don't know what it is but there's a weird energy going on between these two yes in this movie in particular so that was the other reason why i thought it would be a good one to talk about because they don't have a ton of scenes together but i mean the thing that makes this movie uh, so interesting to talk about in terms of like these you're the subject of the podcast there is some like their energy is particularly weird in this one because they haven't you know they have they haven't become buddies really yet yes. later on they become like i don't know what you want to call them you know <laughs> brothers i guess blood right. brothers whatever you might want to say but at this point there is still that sort of animosity mm -hmm. which yes. kind of makes it even more entertaining and fun so yeah so that was sort of the the, the impetus behind it not my favorite but uh, kind of like an underrated one to me. Yes. I agree. I think that was sort of, so I rewatched them all last year in anticipation for obviously F9. 
And in the watch of that one, I had boosted this up higher because I think like the enemies to lovers thing and just the whole Paul Walker Vin Diesel really sings in this one. And like you, you as you said, it's like a reboot of the first one. And you kind of get that again with this where it's like you have these two guys who are like diametrically opposed, but deep down, like they want to work together. They have to work together. And when you're sort of stuck in this environment, like they're going to end up falling in love. And like, that's kind of the whole movie because like you get rid of Letty as Dom's love interest. So you don't even have her sort of being a factor. You have Giselle, but like Gal Gadot, like is Dom just doesn't kind of give a shit about her. He, he literally does. He has zero chemistry with her. He has zero interest with her. You know, they like introduce the, you know, like kind of sexy new, and it's sort of fun to go back and look at it now. And it's like, I almost don't recognize Gal Gadot. It's like, she's so young and she's, you know, kind of, I don't know. It, it, nowadays, she kind of plays a little more. I don't know. I don't know what the what word I'm looking for, but it's just not the type of role she plays now. Certainly, no, you know? absolutely not. So it is sort of like for a second, I she looks so different and young. I like when she came on screen. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how sort of the vibe is. I keep saying vibe. There's a lot of vibes in this movie. I mean, so this is a very vibey movie. It's yeah. a vibey movie. Yeah. So, but yeah. So yeah, she is, and she's beautiful, and she's you know, I would I would say she's at least. 40% like unclothed. Like she's wearing clothes, but she's never has any, you know, she's never yeah. wearing pants. She's never yeah. wearing They're like, sleeves, look at her. Cleavage. Yes. She's just very, yes, she's very much like, check me out. I'm the hot new right. lady in this franchise. And Vin Diesel could not be less interested, you know? Zero. Like, I was looking, you know, like I rewatched the movie a couple of nights ago, but then I was looking at a few scenes again earlier today. And there's the scene where she flat out comes on to him in the uh i don't know where they are their in little the basement situation yeah. yes. every scene in this movie that's not like in a race is set like in a, in a garage, garage. Yes. yeah in a garage so let's just be safe and play it safe and say they're in a garage yeah you know and and of course nothing makes this woman more aroused than being in a garage you know so she's immediately <laughs> she's course. like surely he's like just pr- straight up like propositioning him she's like yeah. well now that it's I like know Titan. Kind of- <laughs> yeah. she's Basically. like i'm getting aroused by these cars I mean, it's 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 not that explicit, but it, yeah. but it's there. It's totally oh, yeah. there. And she's just like, now that I know what kind of cars you like, what kind of women do you like? Uh, <laughs> uh, and she's basically like winking yes. at the audience. And he describes a woman, and she's like, that's not me at all. And he's like, nope, sure isn't. And end of scene. <laughs> yes. Like just totally like thumbs down. Swerve. Hit the bricks, lady. Hasta la pasta. I'm not interested. And it's just incredible because it's. You, it is not at all what you sort of expect from a traditional like movie like this, where it's no. like, well, we've introduced a new hot lady. She's going to have to sleep with one of the guys. Right. And nope, not at all. Not interested. And, and that's it, you know? And it's sort of incredible that, uh, that that's what's going on here. I mean, that's yet another sort of fascinating facet of like the yes. sexuality in this movie is that, yeah, you know, she's just, she's there as eye candy, but there's nothing like, sexual going on with her and the and the leads at all and then later on of course you know when han comes more and back into play right they get their sort of uh relationship but yeah then this movie it's just like you wonder like was there a script where they you know where there was more romance Chemistry, romance there romance, yeah at some point or was it, i mean it's certainly because you know vin, vin diesel's character is isn't he's in mourning course so it wouldn't be appropriate the whole movie (laughs) yeah yeah so it wouldn't be appropriate on that level but when has that ever stopped like any other action hero you know so literally yeah so there yeah it's it's kind of fascinating yeah absolutely 
I don't know how we started talking about her, but uh, yeah. No, I think that was something I had mentioned to Brooke before, too. Definitely. Is like my favorite line of the entire film is when she goes, you're one of those boys who loves cars more than women. And he goes, I appreciate a fine body, uh, body regardless of the make. And just like, again, swerves, does not give a shit about her. He's just right. like, I love my cars. I love my boy, Brian. And I am going to mourn Letty. And that's it. Yeah. A respectful king. A respectful yeah. king. I was very, what about you? Yeah, so well, I was very surprised to see how this played out because Jordan is, if not a Fast and Furious expert, certainly a longtime Fast and Furious fan. I'm a total newbie, and this is the first time that I have watched these movies. So oh, I'm, wow. Okay. Oh, I know. So I'm experienced everything in, like, in real 4D, time. like, just smacking me in the face. You're getting water sprays. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I was, I knew Gal Gadot was in these. I knew she would be showing up. Um, And, yeah, I literally, like, could not believe how. It's like she walked into the movie like the movie expected her to have romantic payoff. And then it doesn't. Just it doesn't, feels yeah. like she was plopped in there from a different movie where she does end up getting with like insert handsome male lead here. Yeah. But I'm not mad about it. Like no. it weirdly works because I don't know. I feel like in the movies that I've seen so far, I'm doing my best to watch them in order. That is like what defines Dom's character. It's like he is a family man. <laughs> like <laughs> First and foremost. Like he is all about keeping everyone together. He His head is not turned easily. Yeah. Especially by it's women. It's incredible we went this long without saying the word family, frankly. That we've Shocking. been talking for 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that was the first mention of family. It's uh, It might be a record for any discussion of the Fast and Furious. <laughs> it's usually Fast and Furious <laughs> colon family. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of surprising that word hasn't actually shown up in a title yet. But maybe one of these last ones. I was going to say. Last Ten fast family. Ten family. Yeah, the yeah. fast family. The fast family. Or the fast something family. Like oh, oh no! Oh, oh Matt. The fast family part one. The wow. fast family part two. I can see it. That, I can it see it happening. Yeah. What did you? So happen. as like your first time watching, what did you think of this one? Of this one? Yeah. This it took me by surprise. It's definitely like darker. It's mopier. Everyone Very, yeah. is is it's it's. It feels like it's got some grit to it because mm -hmm. I know the Tokyo Drift was mm, a little bit of Brighter. a mess received yeah. wise. So I think they're trying to bring the franchise back to right. its roots. I liked it, though. So far, I will just say I have basically liked every single Fast movie <laughs> that I've watched. This. I, mean, they're, really, I mean, they're pretty entertaining. I mean, they're I, you know, pretty I think damn the, entertaining. The second one is not, again, not my favorite. The third one, not, you know, I, I don't really love that as much as some as other folks. I know people revere Tokyo Drift and you know when I say that I don't some people get very upset but I mean they are they're fun movies like yeah, that's, yeah. there's a reason these movies make a lot of money is that yes. they are they're shamelessly entertaining yeah this oh, one yeah. is you're right this one is a little mopier is the perfect word for it because it is you know it, it is uh definitely a lot darker than than the earlier ones and also the later ones become so absurd you know like this is the this is probably the last one where there's any relationship to like reality yes. in the movie it's already uh, pretty ridiculous sure. i mean like vin diesel is like halfway to being a superhero at this point like the things <laughs> he can he he seems to be acquiring superpowers yes and you know like besides and not just being like super strong like he has like hannibal vision yeah he has exactly yeah he has like accident <laughs> reconstruction vision yeah <laughs> You know, just... he, can, he sees one smudge on the ground and he can right. reconstruct an entire elaborate chase scene in his mind. You know, yeah. insane. Like yeah. also that that never also comes back in the franchise that it's only this movie where he yeah, has. That's weird. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was trying to remember like, because I haven't really rewatched 
most of them recently. I was trying to think, like, does he ever do this in, in any of the other movies? And I couldn't no, think of it. No, he doesn't. It's Not so really, wild. Right? Yeah, because, like, this is the only one. So that's pretty silly, and there's definitely some silly moments. But, you you know, it still almost feels like it's set in, yeah. in our world or yeah. a, 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 a close enough. Like, later on, they become so over the top, and the stunts right. become so crazy, which is part of the charm. I'm not knocking that. But that, like, this one, when you say, like, it's mopier, it's darker, it's a little grittier, like, that, this is really the last moment where the movie, like, vaguely felt like it was about, like, you know, because they started off as, like, a movie about, like, a subculture, essentially, like, yeah. like you know, street racing and, and the, these weird, you know, gearheads and car, car dudes, and, like, this movie sort of has that still in it, and um, they're sort of, you, you know, it's sort of like the transitional movie between that and where they become like superheroes and spies and all that sort of stuff. So it's sort of yeah. interesting on that level too, because it is kind of this, it's neither this nor that. And it sort mm -hmm. of has a little bit of both. It's got one foot in both of those areas. Rewatching it, like some of those chase scenes, like in the underground tunnels, you're like, these are the longest underground tunnels that have ever been they dug. How going. did they dig these tunnels? <laughs> where are they going? How do they know how to get into them? How do they know how yes. to get out? Mm -hmm, it's very mm -hmm. silly. Like that stuff, I don't think entirely works. But I feel like the stuff that does work is, you know, like Brian and Dom have this like fascinating relationship that is like super interesting. And there's all this weird tension between them and they fight. And they seem like they really want to kiss a they lot of the time. They always want to kiss. That's all they want. Just let them kiss once. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a shame that they never really, like, I, don't you think if they, like, if, you know, the tr obviously there's a lot of tragic dimensions to right, right. Paul Walker's death. But, like, don't you think if they had really kept going, they would have had to have kissed eventually? Like, At some point. If we just I mean, I guess they both enough. got married, the characters. But, like, how else? What other satisfying conclusion could there possibly be to this <laughs> relationship? It's a, it's a torturous romance for fucking at eight seven movies where you're just like will they won't they like we gotta kiss at some point and this is yeah. the best will they won't they i right. feel like of the franchise because this, like you said this is when they're still at odds with each other like right. from right. fast five and i assume onward like yeah. they're they're bros, bros like yeah. they're... Not, to spo not to spoil it but they sort of become increasingly bros and they yes. do like I, and also not to spoil it for you but like yeah they do kind of both like uh settle down a little bit yeah. so like yeah you know like the the whole like aspect of them being sort of not only less bros but also just like they're not attached to anybody else so they they yeah. could theoretically sort of turn their attentions to each other or even more than they already have you know especially brian like he really is just like obsessed with you know, yeah that's I mean. what i was gonna say because like brian you know, we introduced Jordana Brewster in the first one and their love story. You know, that's the first one's like sort of like Jordana and him and, you know, Dom and him. And obviously, so they come back and like Jordana and Brian broke up or Paul, whatever, broke up. <laughs> but in this movie, they get back together and they have that like, quote unquote, sex scene in the kitchen. But like every sort of relationship beat with Brian and Mia is kind of like sidelined. Like you don't really get a lot of time with the two of them. Like, in my head... I had remembered, I was like, oh, right, there's this, like, big, like, romantic scene in a kitchen, and, like, all of it is about, like, him getting her back, and it's really, like, he walks up to her, and they, like, start making out, and then we're out. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's really, like, Very generous short call romantic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, the other thing, the other thing that, you know, again, like, looking at this movie, like, for this podcast with this in mind, the other thing yeah. that makes that so fascinating is 
is the scene right before that where Brian comes to Dom's uh, garage. Again, we're back in a generic garage because that's where 40% of the movie takes place. (laughs) It's hilarious because like literally like all of LA is looking for Dom, which is what Brian says. Yes. But like, and he's like, I'm not hiding, which is true. He's literally at his he, house. Why no one can find him? Google at his him. House. He's right there. <laughs> yeah, just Google map him. He's literally in his house. This really should not be that hard. But Dom is getting ready to go chase down Braga, 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 Braga. Say that name about forty <laughs> million times in this movie. The least surprising twist, maybe of all yeah, time. Terrible twist. Yes. Awful twist. Yeah. So, so, and and this is where Brian basically says like. I'm going with you. I'm not going. And he, I don't think he says I'm not going as a cop, but the implication is like, I've almost quit my job. Like I'm not doing this as a police officer. I'm doing this as Letty's friend and also like your friend. Right. And it's like the first time in the moment they like actually have like, you know, that's where like the bromance really starts to blossom. They finally have this moment where they're not at odds. Yeah. And literally the instant that they have that moment of, okay, we are now, working together the second that connection is made paul walker like turns his head and like mia is walking up and he like goes out and has sex with it's almost like we can't consummate this thing we just dad had so we're immediate i'm a me i have to put this energy somewhere yes that's that's like uh acceptable and so here we go i'm gonna go i'm gonna go sleep with mia instead because that's what i'm supposed to do that's what's you know, consider the the appropriate thing in this. And it's like, when it's not that subtle, actually, when you're sort of um, paying attention to it. And it's funny because I was, it was reminding me of this movie and this class that I took in college, which is now 800 years ago, (laughs) where this was kind of like, I don't remember even the name of the class and it was about different, I think it was just sort of like critical thinking or something like that. Yeah. And we had this unit, I guess, that was about sort of like, homoeroticism in mainstream Hollywood movies. And Beautiful. we watched this movie. Yes, it's sort of relevant to our this topic. This yeah. <laughs> yes. And the movie, and it was, and we specifically were watching like older movies where, you know, this sort of thing would have been totally verboten, right? Right, yeah. And we watched this movie called Manhattan Melodrama from 1934. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. No. It is we, not, fam- no. it is not yeah. famous at all. But it's almost like it could almost, this movie could almost be a remake of it in some ways. It's it's Clark Gable and William Powell, and they're, William Powell is the DA, Clark Gable is a gangster. They grow <gasps> up together Great. as orphans, and they love each other, essentially, but they can never be together because it's right. 1934. And so they both love the same woman, and so they sort of like kind of put their that energy into their relationship. And that was sort of what the class was about, was like a that this was kind of a trope of old movies. It's like, yeah. we can't yeah. have the two male leads get together. So they each fall in love with the same woman. The woman, the same yeah. woman yeah. Right. It's so, it's so common. I feel like it's still common totally. today, even if you're not like being held back by the Hayes Code or whatever it is. So often the relationship between like the two lead, it, I think it's more common the relationship between the two lead male characters is like a woman is put in the middle and she really has no impact on right anything and is just used to bounce off the two of them like we talk about that all the time no totally um it's so common and i think that like 
uh, we always talk about how the Fast and Furious movies are like wonderful examples of male friendship that also happen to be like deeply homoerotic. And those two reads like exist side by side at the same time and are both like equally valid because they are great movies about like just you and the boys. You and the boys. But they're also good movies about you and the boys. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, 100%. I think that's totally like at the core of this movie. And for whatever knocks that it gets, I really do like the character work that we then get because of it because I do like that you know we have to dig in to Brian and Dom's relationship because then knowing as like this franchise goes forward you kind of get a retrospective on the franchise like the in the films that came before so I like feel like this movie is nice because not only does Lynn sort of show you like we're gonna go action and like spectacle is gonna become more to the thing it's gonna be muscly and you know we're gonna get bigger but like it also then lets you know, like, from here on in, Brian and Dom's relationship is going to be the core of this franchise. Like, while it was in the first one, you had Tyrese and Paul, then you had Tokyo Drift, but it's really setting Dom and Brian up in the middle of this franchise to be the core love. Like, yeah. that is kind of the whole focus of this movie. Even though it's about Letty, it's really about Dom and Brian. It is about right. Dom and Brian. This right. is, I, I think this and, and the first one are like the two ultimate like Dom and Brian as a couple movies, right. as opposed to like Dom and Brian as uh, co-heads of the family. <laughs> yeah. The family, capital F. Right. Um, my two dads. So, yes. You know, yes, exactly. <laughs> my two fast dads. My two yes. fast dads and uh, their women. Their women. Who on the side. are also great. but yeah i really think that like taking advantage of putting brian back in like law enforcement is a smart choice that i never would have expected to like i don't know go positively because like when i started watching this and he was reintroduced (laughs) as like an fbi agent i was like oh my god (laughs) no like we all know he's gonna leave it behind like what is this but it was really nice to watch him again like throw away all his morals for dumb yes um it made me happy <laughs> constantly yeah. it's pretty ridiculous that he could get that job again probably yes. <laughs> uh, i feel like maybe the uh, background check wouldn't maybe square uh no. this time but yeah. I it's, guess like... it's kind of a three strikes and you're out situation right because he yeah. did it once yeah. you know the first movie didn't that didn't go so great okay we'll give you another shot and then the second movie uh, oh again, fuck, my we messed up again lazy, but I, I think it doesn't go well again the color no. aspect but uh yeah so they gave him a third chance and well, we see how that turned out as well. But uh, exactly, you know, it happens, I guess. And I think it's interesting, too, as we sort of mentioned, that this brings, you know, this is kind of bringing everyone back to the franchise. And, like, it exists sort of in such an interesting point. Like, obviously, Lynn and Chris Morgan returned from Tokyo Drift. But, like, Vin returning and, like, Paul Walker returning and Michelle and, like, all these characters, like, really bringing everyone back is so fascinating after sort of the flop that Tokyo Drift is. But then at the same time, like, Vin wasn't really having a great career at this point like his triple x's weren't doing good riddick isn't like that successful you have like you know he's just kind of like floundering and looking for a franchise and like while universal desperately wanted him back at the end of the day like he also kind of needed this franchise you know like all of his fantasy stuff wasn't launching yeah so to and, come back. Yeah, and he like wasn't the fast and the furious was supposed to be like a one off for him right. to help like, you know, with his mainstream American appeal. Right. And then he was gonna go off and do whatever he wanted. Right. And like 
I appreciate that it does feel like he's back with a vengeance here in the best mm-hmm. way and not like he's reluctantly crawling back to the franchise and deciding right. like, fine, I guess I'll just make this my thing. Because I think like he has a reputation as a guy who loves cinema in general and like the movies really wants to the be movies. invested the, best. the movies in the films that he's creating. Yes. Like he's like, okay, if I'm coming back, I'm doing it right. Like I'm right. all in. We're getting everyone back. Yeah. We'll build up like the emotional stakes and like the thematics right. and he gets the producer credit on this and like works is this on the this first script. one this is so yeah this is he negotiates Dang. to be producer so from here on in it's like vin's franchise which is such a fascinating development too because then you see obviously where it goes from here so you wonder then how much of that was vin's impact like pushing it you know and becoming more maximalist versus the more low running key. gun low-key stories of the previous three. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. At this point, there's also like a cultural recognition with Fast and Furious as a franchise, even though it has been like a little scattershot all over the place right now. Like, because we're talking about the queerness so intensely, do you want to discuss the SNL sketch? Sure, That was yes. out around this yeah. time? Yeah, so after this movie came out, there's an SNL sketch. Uh, I don't know. It's not actually called The Fast and the Bicurious. No, I think it is. Oh, it is. So it is <laughs> called The Fast and the Bicurious. So after this movie came out, there were like rumblings about obviously like the queer subtext, but it became like queer text text, I guess, like by the pop culture at this point when they released that SNL sketch. So it's just... It's it, Andy Samberg yeah. and someone else that I don't recognize. I gotta go back, yeah. Um, and it's, like, it's very much like it's 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 all the cracks that you expect but it's pretty funny yes and i like that they don't really make a point on it being no homo they're like these are films about cars and also films about two men in love two lovers they don't really do like the immediate recoil that i feel like snl and other things like it can sometimes do being like but of course we would never do that (laughs) haha how ridiculous they just like straight up lean into it and then leave it at that it's a great sketch we'll tweet it oh absolutely it's it's, remember when snl sketches were like a minute and 30 seconds shocking what a concept (laughs) no but yeah no i think but as we were saying just it's like it it is that thing like in the cultural consciousness like the queerness of this franchise was kind of becoming pervasive, you know, and yeah. it was hard to kind of avoid. I mean, for you, Matt, when you saw it, did you, do you, were like those conversations being had? Like, do you remember sort of like walking out and being like, those vibes were like a little interesting or was it more just like the actionist stuff, you know, kind of taking it? I honestly don't remember like where I saw it the first time and who I saw it with. I feel like I, I had more of that reaction to the very first movie, just yeah. like, because it was so unexpected because you didn't know what it was going to be. And, you know, the trailers just made it look like this crazy action movie. And then you went to see it and it was this, you know, obviously sort of point break E kind of um, action movie set in the world of car culture, but it did have that, you know, like really intense attraction between the two main characters, which I was not expecting. And so I guess when I maybe, I guess I wasn't surprised necessarily when this one came out and, they had both of them back for this one. I guess it wasn't that shocking that they would sort of play into that again. Cause to me, like I said earlier, like that is sort of what, especially initially, like what I thought of and what I enjoyed about these movies was the, the kind of dynamics between those two lead characters. So yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know that SNL sketch. I'm now I'm going to have to go and watch it tonight after we uh, hang up, oh, yes. but I don't, I don't remember having like intensive conversations of, around this one so much as mm-hmm. around the first one yeah because 
again because it was so uh su surprising in a pleasant way and and unexpected i certainly was glad that it was back in this one because <laughs> like i said that was one of the things yeah. that i thought really was intrinsic to the franchise yeah and was you know kind of missing from the second one and the third one you know i guess they sort of have you know Tyrese is kind of in there as the I, right. you know I, I'm the stand -in, pretty sort sure of. yeah he's the stand-in I'm pretty sure like didn't wasn't it even the script was originally like wasn't that part for Diesel originally and they had to yeah. kind of just like rewrite the movie to put a new character in there yeah because yeah. he basically was just like nope like you're like I'm stepping away I don't want to be a franchise person I need to start my own franchise triple x because it's going to go right. so well <laughs> right so some of the energy is there but it just doesn't, you know, no slight against Tyrese, but, you know, he's just not, especially with Paul Walker, the dynamic is just not the same. There's just something very unique and special about the two of them, you know, angrily uh, drinking Corona at each other that, you know, that's just <laughs> yes. some, some tandems have that special thing that, you know, that you just enjoy watching them together on screen. So, yeah, I, yeah, you just didn't have it as much in number two and, and number three. So it was, it was, it made a welcome return in, in number four, having the two of them back together and having, again, they don't, you know, rewatching it. Another thing that I was sort of struck by was that, yeah, they they don't have a lot of scenes together. No. You know, it's a lot of, they have sort of parallel storylines right. for most right. of the movie with, yeah. you know, Dom is down in wherever they are in the beginning, you know, uh, heisting that ridiculous, impossible truck of, of gas tankers. Yes. And then, and, and, uh, when Brian's... he drives under the truck flipping and in as it incredible. explodes, yes. yeah, incredible. That's like another sort of quasi superhero moment. It's like he's oh, yeah. like doing like quantum physics in his head yes. while yes. he's waiting. You know, he waits for the perfect moment to speed under the bouncing, rolling, exploding gas tanker. Yes. And he does it at just the, you know, there's maybe like three centimeters of clearance. Yeah. yeah. And Lenny's yeah, like, I think dumb, even like it dumb. scrapes the top of the car or something. And only Dom with his. You his know, brain. like, I don't know what, what meme I'm thinking of, but maybe, you know, there's yes, that where it's the lady with all yes. the math symbols. Yeah, yeah, with the math symbols. Like, that that's is what dumb. he's doing there in that one <laughs> moment. It's like another superpower. So he's doing that. You know, then he's, I think, down in Panama, right? He's he's hiding out and, and Brian is chasing people in L.A. And then they're sort of, even after they're both back in L.A. because of Letty's, uh, quote unquote, air quotes, death. death. Right. They're still yeah. sort of on parallel tracks for a long time until they start both working for Braga, 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 Braga. So much and Braga. So, yeah, so they don't have a ton of time together, and I feel like the movie would be stronger if they found a way to have them have more scenes together. But the scenes they have together are pretty good, and they, you know, and we, I think we've already talked about a few of the really interesting ones. But uh, yeah, they could have used, definitely, I think I would like this movie more if they had a few more scenes together, you know, drinking Corona, saying <laughs> Gotta grace, have the Corona. Yes. Gotta uh, have it. You know, it. being in generic garages. <laughs> Nothing know, better. Turning wrenches. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Talking about it. Nas and- uh, And They family. gotta punch it. You know, I do love kind of, when Braga, like just because of Braga Braga, when Brian and Dom are like getting the introduction and Braga like reads that there's like so, like torrid history between them and he's like what like happened between you guys and he was like you used to date my or he used to date my sister and so it's very much like an ex-lovers thing where it's like we used to be exes you know where like they're both in the same room and like you can kind of tell from the vibe you're like 
did you guys like date? Is there like a am I? I'm picking up on something between you two. And like, sure, it was because you dated my sister, but like, you wouldn't be that mad if you had dated someone's sister. And also, it's so much deeper than that. Like, that's just right. what he says, and I feel like it's used as like a toss-off kind of funny line because totally. the joke is that like it's so much more than that. Like, right. even in the first movie, like right. Mia is really she's not even really part of like the moment where they're staring into each other's eyes yes. and Brian reveals that he's an undercover cop. Like right. that to me is like it's so quickly to Mia in that he's like, Oh yes. yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm like an undercover cop. Yeah. yeah. Like to me, that is the moment that like Vin Diesel is thinking about whenever he's like, Oh, like Brian, like it's so difficult, like to get us back together. It's like that moment of betrayal. Yes. Um, so it's much deeper. It's much more complex. And even though they don't have like a ton of screen time together, I think they're always on each other's minds. Oh, for sure. which is great. <laughs> Oh, for sure. No question yes. about that. I mean, we were talking about that movie uh, that I, you know, the Manhattan melodrama, that one that I brought up and so many other movies where, you know, the two male leads are kind of uh, displacing their affection for one another <laughs> onto some sort of female lead. Yes. I mean, here it's interesting too, because, you know, they don't love the same woman essentially, but they, they both love the same two women, right? I mean, that's yes. basically what happens because yes. you have, you know, you have Letty, who Dom actually was in love with, right? But Brian has this very intense relationship with her, too. You know, she was my friend, too. And and he also has all <laughs> yeah. this tremendous guilt because he was running her, I think, uh, is how is the term that Dom uses. Yeah. Um, and then, then there's Mia, where it's Dom's sister, sister. so he loves her, yeah. of course. But then Brian has all this, you know, sort of uh, romantic feelings for her as well as the guilt about her about her and their relationship because you know he didn't say you know he was an undercover cop so there's a yeah there's a lot of like weird displaced mm -hmm. yeah we're yeah people can't see but we're making like weird we're making line, hand movements, yeah. the venn diagrams hands. are all intersecting yes. yeah yeah it's like a yes it's like a yeah there's like arrows pointing everywhere from every character back at all the characters right yes. it's just yes. it's not it's not clear cut there's a lot of intense emotions going in every direction between all four of those characters yes in we had, i talked about this with brooke so in i don't know if you've seen it but like los bandoleros the like short film whatever that accompanied this movie yeah which vin diesel wrote and directed and, directed. and started <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um, Breaking came back to his roots as a director. As, as an a, auteur. As exactly. a can-premiered short film auteur. Unbelievable. Yes, um, yes. But in that, it's really about like Dom and Letty like setting their love story up front and center. Because she's not in this right, that exactly, much. Because she gets yeeted off in this. And it's so <laughs> funny watching that. Because it's like, obviously, you buy the love between them. Yeah, it's great. I love them. No, totally. But they try to make it kind of sexy. And we had sort of mentioned this on the first one where like, while you know they have a relationship ultimately like it kind of feels like it gets a little weird when it gets sexual between the two of them like it almost feels more normal when they're not hypersexual if that if you know what i mean like i feel like i buy i like when they're like action partners yes exactly. i don't mind like they're partners the sexy stuff but like i buy their relationship much more as like a love of you as a person right. versus a love of you as like you know, a sexual being or as like a lover. Like it's, you know, I feel like there's a difference there well, she's much in more how they act. 
Although I love Jordana Brewster, and no, I actually yeah. really do like her character in most of these, the ones that I've seen so far. Like, Letty is much more of a traditional badass, and like oh, yes. much more like part of the action fam yeah. than oh, God, Mia yeah. She's is. throwing punches. Yeah. So it's like, I think that like Brian and Mia get the sort of like sweeping leading man, which makes sense because Brian is like the handsome leading He's man. He's your blonde leading you man. You know? Yeah. So like they have all of that, which I think gives Dom and Letty like a lot more room to like be more like tactile as a couple <laughs> yeah and i don't like you know the scene in the first one when they're like making out in a nondescript garage surprise surprise <laughs> um is very nice but yeah. like they're they're partners right they they get it outside of just the oh my god like the sexual attraction mm-hmm. um and i feel like we've described them as bi for bi before oh which for sure we can continue but then that applies for this movie with gal of course who's then a more sexual as we sort of said already like a more sexual being and dom is just like I'm not good. really into that. Like yeah. I need, I need someone with like grease on their fingers. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Something yeah. like that is what he says. Yeah. I mean, I would go so far to say, as I think that, um, you know, uh, Letty and, and Dom have better chemistry in the action scenes than they do yeah. in the yeah. sex, at least in this movie, the one sex scene, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, like when they're, you know, jumping on gas tankers and like, they have this really intense, like looks that they exchange. And yeah. they, like, there's like, there's real passion in the way that they're robbing these guests. Yeah. They really, yes. they're really, it's enjo- true. you know, like it's, they're, they're really going all it. out with that. Yeah. When the, in the scene right after that, where they're sitting, I, I don't know, on a rock on a beach. Yes. Where, it cuts to like the most random, like this movie, the sense of place and location feels very scattershot compared to like the other ones. Agreed. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know where they're supposed to be sitting, but I mean, they, the, the, you know, and then he like picks her up. I guess it's supposed to be this very like passionate moment, but he just kind of seems like he's. It's almost like the, a move, like uh, like uh, picking up like a sack of potatoes or something. It's <laughs> yeah, just, it doesn't have. I don't feel the the heat between them necessarily. Like I do think that they're that that their sort of passion and the intensity you feel a lot more when they're when one of them is climbing on a gas tanker than yes. when one of them is climbing on the other i'll just be honest about that i no, you know totally. like I, I do I think, think you're right maybe and, and maybe that's just because of where the movie is going in this particular one and uh, you know especially that it just it just a lot more like the the looks exchanged uh between you know diesel and walker are a lot more heated or just intense yeah oh than yeah the ones than the ones between michelle rodriguez and and vin diesel i don't know that's Definitely. maybe that's just me no yeah i mean hey you're talking to the right people yes like, right yes. <laughs> well i think I also, to the right place for this yes. conversation you, you did, did. <laughs> and i think like also just in the use of them, I feel like it's interesting looking at how like Han and Letty, because while they bring, you know, all these characters back, it's so fascinating because it feels like as they sort of like with five and six and whatever, they all sort of have, you know, their own use in the plot. It feels like this one sort of sidelines everybody a little bit. Like, I don't know if they wholly know what to do with all the characters. So like Han comes in for the beginning, but then is like kind of gone. And then Letty's obviously gone. And like Giselle doesn't really have a lot that she's doing. So it is like, while everyone's there, it's just kind of like, no one really has like a clear purpose except for Dom and Brian, you know? Yes. I'd say they're, they're staying their their job, whatever you want to call it is also pretty like generic i also it's like the only one i feel like until later when they become super spies that's actually dealing with like smuggling illegal substances like they're mostly just stealing shit or like committing Mm. like fun heist this is like we're bringing drugs across the border it's much more like intense yeah um and i think it, it does just kind of feel like plug and play a little bit in those scenes although like 
I mean, I think that's why the opener action sequence is it's incredible such a rush. Yeah. and probably my favorite sequence of this film. Totally. I, I, it's so well constructed and yeah. choreographed. And like my favorite bit of action sequencing in general is when you can construct like bit by bit how the plan is going to come together. Mm-hmm. Like you have people coming in to like hook the chains and that happens like twice. Then you have to like swing Dom around so he can pick people up. Like it, it all the little pieces it's like a heist. It's work a clear heist. Yeah. so well. And I think like the opener in this movie is like the sequence mm-hmm. of the film that really, really nails that build up that I don't know that the others like totally do. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so good. I love when the tanker flips. It's so, it's shout out to the great. dude saving his iguana. Like it's moments oh like those God. that just make the series. Is, is he the MVP of the movie? Honestly. I mean, you have to save your iguana. Honestly, <laughs> there are cool parts though. Like I really do love all the car, like just like, world things like i love all the cars going into like you know like they're it's like however many cars they fit into like the machine uh, oh like when, the they're, when they're transporting thing. them yeah like that's yeah. kind of awesome and how they're all like hanging out and they all think dom's asleep and they like go up and he's just like we're in the hands of braga now or whatever he's you know being very zen yeah he's like snoozing yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> on braga and stuff like that where how do we feel about like obviously the twist is like the most seen twist i of was all gonna time. say how do you want me to feel the line campos is braga is just hilarious all credit to paul walker who i think delivers it with a plum but like Jesus. somehow <laughs> campos is braga he returned yeah it's a bad Ugh. it's a bad the storyline like, i mean let's just yeah. call it what it is it's, yeah. it's pretty silly i mean i love the guy you know, the whole movie is funny because, like, I, I feel like when I saw this the first time, too, and they keep talking about Braga, Braga. We never see this guy. <laughs> Nobody knows who he is. And I remember, like, even, like, seeing the first movie of this movie for the first yeah. time, I should say. I remember, like, trying to think back to the original one going, am I supposed to know who Braga is? Was Braga <laughs> in the first movie? Because, yeah. you know, now I've seen them all a bunch of times. And now it is this. And also the franchise is known now for having this intricate Bringing continuity back. where you right. are, you know, every character, no matter how minor, like the guy with the iguana might show up again. For all <laughs> right. Like, He's he, coming he could be in. the father of someone. Who knows? <laughs> At this point, he might be the only guy who hasn't come back because yeah. everybody comes back, including the dead characters. They all come back, you know, like even what's his name who plays the uh like who's the guy in the fbi who drives uh paul walker crazy yes i think uh, he was in number eight he was in one of the ones shay, shay, like, wait, shay wiggum comes shay back wiggum. yeah no, i fucking alert. love Sorry. somehow shay wiggum. shay wiggum has returned i yeah. love that guy talk about like a solid character actor performance Great. that you yes. can count on every time that is it hilarious. is nice when he pops up it's like i like shay him wiggum. he's cool yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah you just get used to everybody coming back and i and and he but i remember thinking like okay they're talking about braga was braga in the first one am i supposed to know braga was he in the second one was he the bad guy in the second one and i remember sitting in the theater for the for the this one the first time i saw it and being like why are they talking so much about this guy and we never see him what is going on and eventually you go Oh, God. Uh, because this God, guy yeah. is, is braga and it's yeah. right and then and then you know the scene where they figure it out they trot out this older gentleman who is supposed to look like a i guess like a stereotypical drug right, lord right and the and the guy and i don't mean the actor i mean the character like the way he plays it is like he might as well be go- like tugging on his collar yes and yeah. like sweating sweating like profusely one- yeah. yeah he's like ah, hey I don't, I, I don't know <laughs> 
and like they're like, "Are you thinking what I'm thinking? This guy ain't Braga." It's like, oh really? <laughs> oh, like really? How did you? How did these geniuses de- deduce this? Like Sherlock Holmes here? That- right. Like you could solve a crime that happened by a tire mark, and you can't tell that Braga's in front of you. We're not. Yeah, I don't want to give you know too much credit to the minds of uh, Brian and Dom, but true. at least they are slightly smarter than the Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> yes, that's. That's, I mean, Shea Wiggum is the one who's like, I don't care. Just go. Yeah. Send them in. <laughs> Send them in. And they're waiting for the fax machine. It's kind of astonishing that this movie is old enough where a fax machine can have a key plot point, but it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's then, like you know, perfectly dated. Like, it's like right, right on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the big, like, usual suspects moment where it comes, the, the you know, the paper gets spit out of the fax <laughs> machine. And Campos is Braga. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Kaiser Sosa. He's here too. Oh, so God. it is, you know, like I, I think when, you know, and when people say they don't like this one or they think it's one of the weaker Fast and Furious movies, I think that's, uh, I think criticisms of this aspect are very fair and yes. earned because they are very, it's the whole thing about it is very safe. And then I was thinking, you know, like, I don't think I've ever paid as much attention to like the inner, because I've, yeah, every time you're, you're what, you know, you're not really meant to pay attention to your these brain kind of turns off a little. Well, I think you're supposed to be paying attention to the action, the stunts, yes. and the and the relationship between yes. Brian and Dom. Like yes. that's what people are caring about. That's what they're focused on. Yeah. And getting revenge, uh, or avenging Letty's quote unquote air quote death. Um, that's like what you're supposed to be focusing on. But you know, having seen it now a bunch of times, watching it for this, one of the things that I set myself sort of like thinking about is like the mechanics of Braga's plot. So he recruits street racers. Yep to be drug runners uh-huh. with the idea being they're really great drivers so they can drive underground through these crazy tunnels and they can smuggle the drugs i guess in theory i understand that part what i don't understand is like okay so you have street racers street racers who drive these incredibly like bright colorful eye-catching yeah vehicles that like a cop who's just like parked on the side of the road if like one of these cars goes by he's probably gonna like at least look at it because yes. it's got like it's bright green <laughs> it's bright green it's driving 140 miles an hour like yes. they're just like a magnet for the police so that's problem one yes. problem two is which i somehow never noticed until i always forget is like the key part of the plan and the reason he kills letty is that he kills all the drivers he has them drive and then he murders everyone who drives for him to ensure the secrecy of his drug smuggling. Yes. Which again, in theory, like if you just take that part, you go, okay. But then it's like clearly, like everyone in this underground street racing world knows about Braga. Kinda knows guys, about everyone's this. talking yes. about it. And they're all talking about being drivers for Braga. Don't they notice that all of everyone's friends, disappeared? <laughs> everyone who goes to drive for this guy <laughs> never comes back. Don't they yes. wonder where their friend, my best friend went to go drive for Braga and I never saw him again. And also 10 other people and presumably what he's doing thought. this a lot. And he uses four yeah. drivers at a time. Right. This guy is how like many single, are left. <laughs> he single-handedly has like murdered the entire LA street racing scene. Yes. Like when we go like, well, what happened to the street racing scene? Like, where did that car culture go? That was so Braga. Braga killed the entire street racing culture, and no one seems to notice or care or wonder about that. Mm. So, like, if you put any amount of Uh attention into any of that, it is so stupid, and it makes so little sense. So, again, like, 
if you do think about that stuff, that is a very weak element of the yes. movie. But it's the other stuff that I like anyway, which is right. Dom and Brian and uh, you know, this the the you know, like the mopiness that we mentioned, I think is I don't know. There's something about the mopiness of this movie that I'm I don't maybe I'm a mopey person. I, I, I'm drawn to it. I find something appealing about it for some I reason. Like, I like, yeah. I do like a lot, uh, like a part of it. It's like, I love Dom kind of being on his little mission. Like, I really like when he goes to interrogate the guy and like kind of Batman t- scares him where he like Literally almost drops the engine. The yeah, and he's like yeah. holding oh, on to the chain. Yes, that, like that. that rules. And like, obviously, yeah, even like the tangible chase scene. Like, I love Brian, that opening where we cut to Brian and they're like running through buildings and jumping out windows. Like, the tangible like fight scenes and like I enjoy like that style of the investigation and honestly I think it's like while it's funny to clown on Han- his like Hannibal powers I think it's like it's like interesting at least where I'm like it would make sense that this a f- a freak about cars would be able to tell something about a car like it does somewhat check out even yeah. though it's crazy I mean and that's happening at the exact same time that Brian and the FBI is like just tell me what cars these people drove and I yes. will be able to tell you who is the guy that we want right like they're both using that knowledge that like insane power to their advantage yeah and um just on like sort of like the tactile yeah. like down and dirty action I think that like having seen now three four five i think that justin lynn is like so good at that like Mm -hmm. not just the car stunts but like the on foot stunts too like all three of those movies have like really good sort of like somewhat claustrophobic like running through buildings and streets like actual like on foot sequences Mm -hmm. and i really like how they're shot and they're edited and like I don't know. He locks the camera down just enough that you're mm-hmm. not feeling sick, which is yes. like my number one least favorite way it's to not watch like taken action where sequence. It's like, oh my God, we're cutting everywhere. And yeah. you can't actually see a punch land. Yeah. I'm not a shaky cam fan, even if done for effect. It's just, it's not my thing. So, yeah. but I feel like it's a really nice combo of like, it still feels like frenetic in a good way. And like the cuts are there and like it's, it's fast paced, but like you can see what's going on. All the above shots are nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it's just like, it's like good action sequence like action he goes movie. the extra he goes the extra mile oh my god wah, do you live wah. your life a quarter mile at a time <laughs> he goes the extra quarter mile at yeah at yeah. a time yeah. super ampersand yaki question mark that's all we got for the naming of this movie listen it feels really good to watch fast ampersand furious and have the family back together it and does. i feel like it's about due to have the super yaki family back oh, together of course we're reuniting the team if you don't already know about them super yaki is our number one favorite stop on the internet for film mm-hmm. merch they are so great and really make sure that every collection is created with the utmost care using entirely sustainable materials and really is the best love letter you could ask for to filmmakers and movies that you love and to family yes i'm sure by now you've already heard about their incredible fast and furious collection and they have a wealth of other offerings boy do they in true family style always partner with extremely cool independent artists Mm. to help with their collections make incredible art and work it is just everything from t-shirts to sweatshirts to hats to socks to home goods to books many of our friends have done collections with them and have had work championed by them and we just think it's the best it's all part of the family it is it is the fast and the furious franchise is just you know the pinnacle and this is also the pinnacle yeah and like we said they're super committed to sustainability whether it's from their printing or their Mm. mailing and just a really great time all around and they'll send you free trading cards which we always love that if you 
the our listener. family want a little gift, we have one for you. Oh my God, we're so nice. You can use our code SUPERQQ for 10% off at checkout. That's SUPERQQ, all caps, no spaces. You know you want to get the family back together. So if you want to check out all this merch and more, you can find it at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Let's watch more movies. Vroom, vroom. You know, we, we said already, it's kind of a, a little disappointing or frustrating that Paul Walker and Vin Diesel have so few scenes together. But the nice part is like the parallel, there's something always very appealing to me in movies you know, like in, in thrillers where you have the cop doing his investigation and the criminal doing his investigation. Yeah. And they're, you know, you know that they're going to eventually cross paths. Right. And then they inevitably do. There's something like that structure almost always works for me. It's and, the best. you know, with, with these characters, it's good because, again, like that's the yin and the yang of these characters is part of the appeal is that they're supposed to be so different, you know, and Brian likes imports and Dom likes American muscle cars. And, you know, Brian is using, uh, you know, he's, you know, using his brain theoretically, I suppose, or using the FBI computers, right? That's more likely, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I'm giving the benefit, I'm being very generous here (laughs) about this. But, and Dom is using his, you know, superpowers of looking at the ground, like that (laughs) that they're so diametrically different or they're supposed to be. Yes. And and there is this sort of, and then that brings us back to the opposites attract element of it, that they're so different, but that they, they're each, somehow drawn to the other's, you know, <laughs> qualities. And we even yeah. see like later on that, you know, even though uh, Dom is supposedly so classical about his muscle cars, you know, there's that scene we talked about earlier where Brian comes to the yet another garage and he's working on it. And he's like, I'm glad to see your, uh, you've upgraded to uh, the uh, compute. I have no, I don't know anything about cars. Which oh maybe yeah. Is no, why I, same here. So, but he's like, you know, I see you've upgraded to the, uh, the Blavin with the, your uh, computer terminal with the, uh, you know, he just, he supposedly he's using modern technology or whatever. Right. Yes. 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 So there's a little that maybe there's this hint that perhaps, you know, he's absorbed a little of Brian's essence, right? They're coming Uh, closer together. Yes, exactly. They're being drawn together. So like the idea of them investigating this uh, murder in their own way, their own individual way, and then eventually like bringing them together. I just think that that, um, that's a, just a, like it's like a classic trope it's, of these uh, yeah. kind of movies that just always works and it it works here. Yeah, the, you're not so different, you and I. You and I, but like it, in a good way. Right, it's almost like right. heat, exactly. you know, exactly. or like like collateral, like all of these things where you just have these opposites who like have to get something from this other person's life, and no matter what, there's going to be a tension between the two of them because of it. And Fast and Furious has the benefit because like they do end up being together for right, exactly. the rest of their lives, and it's very cute, and it does it doesn't end in tragedy or them like having to go their separate ways right. but like one single tear running down the cheek you know right. like they actually get to stay together and like when brian gets hurt dom is like so clearly upset like at the oh, end yeah. like he's like rushing over to him and like obviously he has the tension about killing the person who killed letty and like that you know catharsis but so much more of it is about like when dom gets or when brian gets hurt he like wants to like rush there and save him like, i that love is, that like, scene his heart is being like torn apart at the thought of losing brian i love that scene so much there's nothing right. better than i feel like we've referenced it on a couple of episodes but homoerotic wound bandaging and or homoerotic <laughs> like anything that has to do with like yeah. wait you're hurt uh let's oh, deal let with this. this oh it's my favorite it's so good i love it 
that said, I think we have to acknowledge that Dom should have killed Brian in that scene with his car. I don't mean like I like I wanted him to. Like the oh, yeah. the physics of what's yes. happening there yes. is, is like how did he not run him over with his car? Because <laughs> like they even go to the trouble of showing Paul Walker like holding the bad guy like his foot so he yes. can't get away. Yes, you know Dom can can smush. plow into him with his car and smush him. But yeah. like how like where was where was he in this? scenario like i feel like i need to draw A equations map. and diagrams yes. to figure out the mechanics of how could he be sit right there holding on to him and not be run over or smushed by this car it does not seem possible that that no i had the and there's the other moment in the movie that is just like that which every time i watch it i laugh at because it doesn't make any sense is when like the first time that they're in the same room together in the movie you know like uh dom is holding uh, the guy out the window right <laughs> and he runs up uh, uh, uh brian runs brian up and confronts sees... him with a gun yes and he's like are you here to t are you here to take me in and you know they have this thing and he's like you know i whatever he says and he throws the guy out the window and paul walker runs up to the window and grabs the guy and then he gives a look back like where did dom go and it's like how could you possibly have God, like they would have had to have passed each other. I know, yes. I know. Yes. It's and it's so almost funny. like I mean, we talk about superpowers. That yes. Batman, Dom yeah. may have teleportation powers in that yes. scene because yes. he appears to vanish into thin air after he throws that guy out the window, and it just doesn't make sense. No, how he could get away so quickly with, without brian knowing where he went like he gives this befuddled look like where did he go how could oh he my god slip through my fingers? how did he escape without me noticing and it's, it's like it's impossible yeah listen vin diesel wanted to go off and make his own fantasy franchise but what he failed to realize is that he already had dorman superpowers just hanging out i mean you know, there's a lot of fantasies going on here let's be realistic oh, yeah. oh, yes. right oh yeah. yes. yes i have an incredibly random question that i no, realized yes. i should ask now because if anyone can tell me it's probably jordan and matt why does Brian drive with the steering wheel on the right side of the car? Someone explain Impo this to me. It's an import. So I assume he's uh, right. I, right. So I mean, I, again, I don't drives, know anything about cars, but I assume it's because, right, wherever he's getting this car from is for a country where it's, you know, they yes. drive on the other side of the road. I and understand. So how, he can, how he can do that without that ever being a problem is what I'm always wondering. Like, how is he so yes. good? driving on the right side of the road, but he's sitting on the right side of the car. It must yep. be incredibly difficult. I yeah. think about that all the time. In Tokyo Drift, it happens at the end where Vin rolls up and he's on the left side and, you know, they're on the right. And I'm like, so what are the physics of this? This doesn't make sense. Like, I know you're driving fast and you're not obeying the laws of the road, but, like, you have to be a little stressed out about this. Yeah, it's true. Right. I guess they're mostly, they, they don't deal with intersecting traffic no. too much. Oh, they don't <laughs> wait at traffic lights? <laughs> Really? Your life a quarter mile at a time. That's true. A light at a time. Oh Thank you. That yes. literally has been bothering me, and I feel very stupid now. That no, it's just like, no, yeah, no. it's an import. No, I thought about it. I think about sense. it as well. It's probably but, not going to get any better as you're going through these movies either, <laughs> at least not until Paul Walker, you know, unfortunately retires from the franchise. Like, right. he, yeah. he loves those cars with the wheels on the wrong side. Yeah, yeah. he it's does. His, it's his trademark. I and they it. also 
we've said this before, but like I just don't know if they've aged as well. Like they always just look a little the cars bright and like a little goofy. They're very garish. Yeah. Um, I... it is very early two thousands. Yes. I mean, yes. it's just. I mean, that's part of the fun too. Of I mean, I guess this one is two thousand nine, but like the first movie is really like so two thousand encasing in amber that vibe <laughs> yes. of the early two thousands yes. new metal. Like <laughs> oh my there's god, there's just yeah. a lot of that time period that in my mind like i, I just think of this movie the, the the first movie specifically yes. as like there's just something about that movie that really hits that energy of the weird early 2000s oh, and God, yes yeah. it is dated but to me that's part of the charm now, oh is that it definitely it's like it's it, it it lets you it gets you a peek into what that time i don't want to say it was really like because it's not like it was really like that or that i would know because you know I'm oh really, you were you not in the... this big car culture <laughs> oh yeah we had a lot of we were doing a lot of drag racing in suburban new jersey in <laughs> 2000 let me tell you every night we were out on the corners with our with our uh, imports oh yeah yeah. It's like, yeah, the yeah, Honda we Civic. Yeah, fuck. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Did I beat you uh, to yeah, it? Was, me and my Honda Civic, we were really putting the pedal to the metal. We're going like 60, maybe. Maybe 70. Oh. <laughs> I got to get an oil change. Oh. No, I do think it does capture a very specific vibe, yes. though. And like, honestly, kudos to Justin Lin and honestly, the whole team for like not making that seem like the worst vibe in the entire world in these later yes. movies. Like, I don't think there is a movie out there that I have in enjoyed as much as these that also includes like 25 ass shots true like these the, like they love butts despite all of that the fact that these movies continue to still be relatively like very charming and yeah. almost have like a wholesome atmosphere to them it's is an insane balance actually impressive yes yeah that's, i was just gonna say that's one of the few like tropes from the old movies that they still they sort of love try it. out even in like again, I don't want to. I keep spoiling all these. Movies, oh, it's but okay. Spoiler alert! Even as they like, a uh, largely abandoned like car culture and yes. like drag racing, they still find a way to put a scene where like girls in the tiniest skirts in the yep. world are like shaking their tushes. Like somehow Cleaning that some keeps cars. happening in every every single city. Movie. Yeah, in every city around the world. Right. You know, yeah. like we're we're yeah we're in we're we've we're investigating in in uh, in an oil baron in the middle of the middle east and like there's still girls in miniskirts like shimmying and but i think the way they get away with it at this point it's sort of a, it's almost like it's like winking that they're right. still doing it's part this. of it yeah but i think the other thing is like as we've sort of talked about like the the male characters have no interest in that <laughs> yes. whatsoever exactly. no, like the cameras i guess sort of leering at these women but the men on screen are not no. and they're not interested and it's not like you know, like they don't make remarks about these women as yes. objects or like check out the stems on that honey or something. <laughs> like they don't, it would be kind check of Check out like her if, engine. Ew. Like if someone talked like that in one of these movies, you'd be like, what? Just it would happened? feel That's out not, of place. Yeah. This is not my fast family. Like it's, it's not it's the a family. Weirdly, it's a weirdly wholesome vibe. Yeah, yes. it is. For a franchise where, yeah, there's always at least one scene, including this one where like, 
random women are just shaking their butts uh, yep. on screen with some cars it's all cars. there These oh yeah women love in... cars yeah. so much i mean look i i wanted to go into these movies with realistic expectations i wasn't expecting yes. feminism 101 i've honestly i've honestly been pleasantly surprised it could be say, a lot yeah. worse oh, i totally. think that like i don't know there's that sorty sort of like jokey moment in five when gal Gadot, like whips out her gun when like you know the yeah. guys start hitting on her but i feel like it's it's less extreme in these but i do feel like there's that sense of like the women hold their own even right. if they're totally. being sexualized a bit like they know what's up and i appreciate that yeah the main female characters i feel like you know sometimes yes maybe sometimes they're i'm certainly like gal gal gadot in this movie is you know meant to be kind of sexy and Right. But over time, like she gets to, we see her as a very capable action yeah. hero in her own right. right. And like all the female leads get to do cool stuff and they're not leered at and they are part of the family again. The family. Like they, it, it, they are sort of equal members and they get yes. to do cool stuff. And like, you know, as you know, Michelle Rodriguez gets to do cool stuff in this movie and she gets to do cool stuff later on. I mean, I'm not spoiling that she comes back. You have <laughs> no, to know no, that. I you know. have to know that I've, much, right? I've been experiencing these movies, I would say, through the cultural consciousness. Right. So anything that's sort of like common knowledge about these movies, I, mean, you saw I the know. trailer for nine multiple times. Yes. As right. Say. You have to yeah. know. So were you confused when she quote unquote died in this one because you know she's in nine of them? I actually was. I was like, wait, what? And then I assumed yeah. that they would like bring her back at the end of this movie. And then I cheated and I looked ahead and I was like, wait, she's not in five either. And I was no. deeply confused confused um i have not seen any beyond five yet little peek behind the curtain in terms of our recording schedule so i can't wait to see her come back because she is definitely my fave no surprise yeah and that like it's funny because fast five is probably my my favorite of all of them and that's like the one that most people say is her. but that she's like not in it is kind of weird which is is wild yeah 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 it's sort of strange right but i mean she gets that she does have the 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 post-credits moment which like in the theater like i don't know if i've ever heard people like gasp more <gasps> oh, dramatically when that scene you know like i just still vividly remember people in the theater going like <gasps> that's amazing <laughs> so, like it, it was which now of course no one would react at all because literally every character all in we get now has yeah. you know died and come back so it wouldn't it would not have the same impact that it did at the time but at the time people lost their minds when that when that, in that uh, little post credits uh tag that was like a huge you know like wtf moment for people where they were just like oh my gosh i cannot believe it i can't wait to see fast six now yeah oh my god gotta well, bring people for back. this movie i feel like people must have been shocked because it fucks the timeline up immediately by introducing han and you're like oh my god right like tokyo drift is this, a sequel what happened right what? and so like right. going yes. from here on in you're like what's going to happen with Han? Where are we? What's the timeline? Which kind of makes it cool, you know? I was so they, happy. They always, yeah, they always yeah. act now like this is, you know, that this is a grand plan that they've had all along and all that. But I really, I, I don't this movie does not play no. like that at all. Especially, well, let I me mean, think later on they started to do that. But like, yeah. if you look at this movie, like, you know, does it, I mean, Han, Yes, he's alive, but don't they even have him say, like, you know, I hear they're doing some fun things yes. in Tokyo. Tokyo. Right. Uh, wink, catch wink. My drift. <laughs> yes, my Tokyo drift. 
Yeah. Like, so it's, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, they, and there is no hint that uh, Letty is alive in this movie no. at all. No. Like, there's yeah. no teases. There's no, she is, I mean, because that, they need that, her to be dead for this movie to make any sense because all of this is about getting revenge. And, you right. know, like Dom's whole role would not make a lot of sense if, you know, like, I have a feeling she's dead. And, I think she might be alive, though. Right. And the other thing is, if Dom has supervision and he can do all these <laughs> mental gymnastics and do it, shouldn't he be able to know that she didn't die? It really right? Right. Like, That's the other thing, like in space. hindsight, that doesn't make sense. It's like he can look at a smudge on the ground and say, <laughs> This is what happened. But right. if that's the case, either he should be able to say, Actually, she's still alive, or we're, he's actually not that good at this. And right. he's actually not as good at this as or like, we think. Or she would thinks. have like a boot mark if she walked out, like some sort of sign. Like if he like looked a little bit more like, oh, here's a hair follicle. There's drops of blood going oh this way. God. Oh my God. I'm right. still interested to see as she comes back. I'm, I'm very excited. It's, right. That's so uh, lower your expectations is what I was going to say. It's pretty okay. silly. Noted, <laughs> pretty noted. Silly. But yeah, like the fact that there's no hint of her coming back um yeah it's kind of i guess it's sort of interesting because now there would of course you'd have to have some sort of scene at the end of the movie teasing it you know and that's there's just not any of that here so it does play to me more like they were just like this is going to be probably the last one when they were making it i think i don't think they were chess masters going five moves ahead at this point i think they got i mean when you look at how little money the third one makes it's kind of astonishing they made a fourth one at all so right no totally and that this one then does end up making money to then also like give the studio Mm -hmm. some sort of confidence you know to go forward is so shocking and vin diesel wanted to make like four and five back to back and like really jump back into it and they were like ah no we'll make four and we'll see how it does and so like what is it loves jumping into sequels because like did that with uh riddick and everything sorry yeah Yeah, los bandoleros is like sort of the, was their compromise with him yeah it's amazing what happened with riddick in the sequel well, no vin is just constantly just trying he was all he's always trying to like lay franchise like with riddick he was like here's my like plan for these three and they're like do one first and yeah. then we'll right sort he of has see like how this books goes. right yes. are those the ones with the books yes there's yes. the vin diesel like lore it's incredible. is really special yes he just seems like i don't know a nerd like we said he's a nerd deep yes. down he just happens to be trapped in the body of a hulking man yes a large block of wood <laughs> yes <laughs> on the dated part just to circle back to that this soundtrack, the Pitbull song, is oh Pitbull, like, like playing five times, unbelievable. <laughs> but to make matters worse, to spoil myself and to make me look like a loser, in high school I used this song for a music video for Spanish class. Uh, wow, Jordan had like I forgot that it was like a key part of this movie and was like Loki triggered when it came back because that song is like so deeply burned in and it's like that early thinking that it was a cool song and i was like oh my god this is great in the fast franchise look at this and going back it's like this is the darkest timeline that i've ever been on i can't believe i ever did yes. this I, I mean i can't believe i have to ask but there are actually too many pitbull songs in the it soundtrack was, uh, blanco blanco yes. by pitbull oh, featuring course, for us. a banger <laughs> i will say the trailer also for this having crank that yes. is kind of incredible like this movie is so specifically like 
2009, like that era. It's really just caked into it. This, I mean, this whole franchise has had a pretty good relationship with music between yeah. Tokyo Drifting and I would say like the Pitbull era. And then of course, See You Again, like Transcendent. Iconic. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the most part, surprisingly. And I love every time it cuts to credits and the song is basically like, yo, yo, fast it's and Fast and furious. and furious. Here we go. Beep, beep. It makes me very happy. <laughs> It's incredible. Yeah. So Matt, I have to ask you as you know, I feel like you famously have a a relationship with food and movies, (laughs) you know, online. Mm -hmm. If you were to create a fast and furious meal of some sort as like a movie tie in, what would it be? Or like, what do you think a studio would do? Because I feel like it's, I'm shocked it might've not happened yet, or maybe it has. And I've just missed it. Yeah. It is sort of surprising because the fast food Right. It's right there. It's is right there. It's yeah. like literally right there. So it's kind of shocking that it hasn't, you know, that someone hasn't been like, you know, Wendy's is like, listen, we'll do fast food and we'll make a Dom burger or whatever it is. Right. So yeah, it's it's sort of shocking that that it hasn't. I guess in general though, the, I mean, I'm trying to think of like the merchandising of the fast movies, even though they're gigantic, there really isn't a ton. Like it's not good. You know, like, I guess they make sort of like Hot Wheels kind of cars. I feel like I've seen in Walmart or Costco or something like I've seen those. They must exist. But you would think that they would make action figures and clothes and like they would make actual cars like people would want to drive fast car, like fast cars. They just don't really have that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's because no. it's universal and maybe whoever's in charge of that at Universal is a, is asleep at the wheel, no pun intended. Hey. <laughs> but it, yeah, that hasn't been there. I guess to me, it would it would have to be a, a like a literal fast food place. Like you couldn't do this at a Outback Steakhouse or something. It just wouldn't work. It needs <laughs> the to be- The Dom Steak. Even though they grill a lot of ribs. Like, yeah. like yeah. I'm, just, I'm just riffing off the top of my head, but maybe even you could do like literal a literal drive-through menu. Like the yeah. only, you can only get this food food if you drive through like if you walk mm. into mcdonald's or whatever we ain't gonna Doesn't... give it to you you have to show up in your car and i kind of dig um, that <laughs> and we'll and like so then you have the menu of whatever it is but it's only at the drive through at right. wendy's or mcdonald's i feel like that would be the way to do it you know like if you drive through we have exclusive fast food yeah that yeah. to me is like a like, i, actually, how, I how, love dude, i love how, that how has yes. no one thought of this who yeah. are, where are the ad wizards? Why aren't they coming up with this stuff? It's literally when they hire the three of us for the Fast Family Part One and Part Two. Right, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll get a cut of the the merchandising totally. and yeah. uh, franchise food franchising. Tie-ins. Yeah, yeah. Fast There's a lot of money being left on the table here. That truly, we don't. I don't know why. Even as you were saying, like so, like I've, like Universal sort of like around the corner from us here. And having gone a bunch, like, while they have the fast ride, it's obviously not necessarily a hit. But even further, as you were saying, there's, like, not a ton of merch. There's, like, no real toys. Like, Simpsons Land has so much stuff that's, like, also, like, super fun. But, like, you would think that the fast would have, like, more than, like, one car. Like, kids love cars. Kids like action. Like, get a Vin action figure, a rock action figure. Like, it just doesn't. It's just a weird disconnect there. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. I mean, I, don't, I haven't, I have never been on the uh, Fast and Furious ride, but it's, it's sort of surprising that you're even, saving like, yourself. They have, yeah, I've heard, I've heard it's not so great, but which is too bad because it seems like it's again, they're like that should be a slam dunk too. Like, how you is should it... be in a car driving fast, right? It's how right do they, there. How do, screw, how do you screw that one up? But yeah, 
but yeah yeah you it seems like that, that yeah there should be way more uh i don't know shirts and you know like vin diesel uh white tank tops you know with <laughs> yes. maybe like a giant bath, chains <laughs> you know that and they, and they only like and if you buy like a large it's actually like extra small like they have to be incredibly tight <laughs> um or like the other shirts he wears where he like you know he hates sleeves so like you know like the i don't know what those are called but like it's sort of like a a t-shirt but with the sleeves cut off it's not a tank top mm-hmm. i know, think it's actually those, called like, a cut off okay, so <laughs> yeah. it's called, I, yeah. I know about as much about fashion as i know about cars so you can see it's not my area of expertise but it just like yeah like there should be like i could see people wearing like fa- you know fast fashion like it's oh. like right fast there fashion. fast fashion yeah what are why, we doing why it takes us to come up with this stuff i don't know but the last thing we need right now is hollywood to be more commercialized but it just seems like if you're going to be making right. i mean this is one of the biggest franchises in the world and it just doesn't seem like they're uh leveraging it exploiting it doing all this stuff the way you would ex- you the way you would expect i mean you know like the other franchises of this stature there's just so much you're inundated yeah you're oh too much right but here it's the it's the opposite it's like there's so little like it's it's which is maybe kind of then reverse nice where it's like to maybe not have Mm -hmm. so much stuff where you're like oh my god i don't have to turn a corner and it's another spider-man action figure or something where you're just kind of like well obviously i love that stuff and i have it all over my apartment you know, it is Can't sometimes relate. nice where you have a separation <laughs> of, like, your movies and, like, your merchandise. Yes. I mean, look, not to shout out this perfectly placed tie-in, but, like, there is a lot of, like, cool indie creators that, like, do Fast and Furious merch. Jordan is wearing a Toretto's Literally. Market and That's Cafe true, yes. shirt right now. Yes, so it is a nice shirt. It's, Thank you. It's been giving some some money back to the fans. So That's true. we love that. In it's the spirit the of fans. family. Yes. In the right. spirit of family. That's right. But yes, I agree. I don't know. We'll see. You, you know, with the franchise sort of on the horizon, like weirdly coming to a close yeah. somehow, I want to see like how big they're like going to blow it out and like what they're going to do to really, because it feels like because there's always like so much heart at the center of each of these movies and so much is like based on their relationships. Like yeah. I feel like it really is going to be an emotional finale, not just in scope or in the sense that things are ending, but really like, textually yeah and maybe we'll even get a kiss highly doubt it though i will bet fifty dollars no that nobody kisses any <laughs> same sex couples absolutely not no yeah but hey but hey. it's fine are there any other big scenes i mean we sort of talked about the ending i do like i think it's the cg is a little goopy I think it's fun where they're driving at a mountain all of a sudden they're I like, like the tunnel. oh, you're going to burst into a tunnel. Yeah. Kind sure. of fun. I but wanted yeah. to give a shout out to the guy who plays like the, the main villain who Braga? Dom is after. No, Laz Alonso oh, plays no. Calderon. The one who like oh, actually yes, yes, killed, yes, who killed Letty. Letty. Yeah. I really love that actor. He's killing it in the boys right now. Uh, I was watching and I was like, where do I, do I know, know him, him from? And I finally remembered. And he's really good in that show. And it was kind of crazy to see him just play like henchman a bit character num- number one but yeah he's really good so i also do like Shout john out. ortiz as braga i like love john ortiz it's the least surprise we've said but like he's giving you know your classic kind of bond villain where he's it's like what oh you you're an evil give. person i get it mm. i know your stereotype yeah. you know also kind of wild that this is like gal gadot's like on-screen debut because you know cracks about her acting in general aside i do think like she has very good screen presence and like she 
can like hold her own right you need to like screen. it's all about how you cast her i feel like and it's it's about how you use her i don't think that she's like completely unusable at all i just right. think like you have to know no totally um because i still will like her and stuff that she pops up and just yeah. you know it's, it's you a little have hit to, or miss yeah recently. you gotta you gotta know how to use her yeah, yeah. Uh, the other scene we haven't talked about i guess that I do enjoy is I think the very last scene of the movie is very, mm. very satisfying. You know, yeah. that, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, all the stuff about, I mean, it all kind of pays off well, the idea that they go to kill Braga, but then, you know, Dom is like, I'm not going to kill you. That's why, I, you know, I'm not a hero. That's why you're going back with him to right. America. And then they bring him <laughs> across and they have the long, ridiculous chase scene, which I don't think is that great. But, you know, that the end result is that, you know, that uh, Dom is captured. They take him back to America. They have the, the courtroom scene where, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, like Brian has supposedly written a letter you know, yes. on his behalf, where wouldn't you just love to read what Brian wrote in that letter? Dom's really nice. I love yeah. Dom a lot. He's, He's a good so guy. Cool, guys. <laughs> guys, you should go to his garage. Yeah. You need to go see what this guy's doing. So cool. The tuna sandwiches over there are amazing. Unreal. <laughs> you got to try the tuna. He's a great guy. He deserves another shot. And then the judge is just like, no, we're throwing the book like, at you. You wrote this in crayon? <laughs> you're throwing the book at you you're getting a hundred million years and paul walker who i think is great in all these movies he's good in this movie but like the mo like the reaction to the judge throwing the book at dom is yes. it reminds me every time of like will ferrell in one of the anchorman movies going, yes. no no he's so angry and he gets up yeah. and he storms out which is you know it always makes me laugh but then the payoff of you know he's oh, in the he's yeah. in the bus and yeah. the team has assembled with Mia and they're going to rescue him and you don't actually see it but just sort of like the looks on all of their faces I find to be a really super satisfying sort of it's way such to go a good out. ending yeah it's a great ending and it does you know we were talking about how they didn't tease all these things that nowadays they would but they did you know they do tease that and I'm pretty isn't that the first scene of Fast Five yeah sort of it's like a out. direct pickup yeah. Yeah, yeah so they do you know like that actually was a cool way for people you know like if the movie was a hit they could pick up right there which they absolutely which they do did, yeah which they yeah. do so yeah I think the ending of this movie really really works no, I totally agree yeah. yeah it seals the deal on their like love too like you're gonna break your enemies to lovers boyfriend out of prison like of course you are like go you're gonna leave your life of crime or as being a cop again to go not save your lover being a cop he becomes a criminal I yeah mean, it's not just quitting his job it's not just like i'm gonna quit and just become like your guy who hangs out in your garage like handing you wrenches like right. i'm busting you out of prison right. that's I'm a pretty flipping that's a, a big bus <laughs> yeah. yes yeah i love it it's so good and like i think that the sort of the triptych of Brian, Dom, and Mia like works well together because it's kind of like Dom and Mia are a package deal and like how yeah. Brian is reintroduced to the family. Like if he has Dom's approval, he has Mia's approval and right. like vice versa. So like I like that them as a couple are like going to like get Dom and that yeah. like the final image is literally just Brian being like, I'm going to come I'm get gonna you. I'm going to get my boy. Oh, it makes me so happy and like it, it makes you leave the movie on such a high because you're like i can't wait to see that yeah. i can't wait to see what what they do from here and once again i just love a dude throwing away all his morals and everything that he's Nothing worked for better. for years and years for his bestie makes me so happy we have to stand 
Hey. Hey, should we give out some awards? Do you want to give out some awards? Okay. I think we need to. It's awards time. You so, want to kick it off? I will kick it off with the Hit the Nas Award. I need Nas. I need Nas. Which moment gives you the most adrenaline boost in this movie? I I mean, I have to give it to the opening sequence. Yeah. But I'm going to say, in particular, the moment that we called out with Dom driving his car underneath the burning, flipping oil tanker. God, yeah. I was... Mm riveted riveted i tell you it was so good i have to do the same you can agree we it's love like the, the consensus it's such a bomb sequence it's like such a rush and a high that like i don't know if the rest of the movie ever hits like it's just so cool it's simple but it's fun seeing his car go under a truck flipping i don't know i was like applauding when that was happening <laughs> Uh, do, Matt, do you have a scene that hits the NOS for you? I was going to say my favorite probably would be the moment in the foot chase in the beginning, the the, mm-hmm. the introduction of Brian, where he like jumps out a window, yes. grabs the guy, and they fall onto a car. Yeah. Yep. It's just such a dumb, stupid movie moment. Like, <laughs> yes. how does he know he's going to, like, he, I get that he's like, He's got to catch this guy no matter what. Like, I understand that aspect. But just, like, how does he know he's not going to, like, fall and just, like, crush kill the guy? Crush himself? Yeah. Crush himself, crush yeah. the guy. Like, it's, it's, an, it's, and then they, they, they fall off of a, I don't know what he's standing on, a roof, a ledge. They fall at least one or two stories. Minimum. They crash through the roof of the car. Like, it's enough of an impact to fall into the car. And they're both totally fine. They're like, one, I think the guy maybe has a little cut on his forehead, but it's just like the, the scene continues. Nobody they, is going to like, get up oh. <laughs> and, you know, like they can have a conversation about stuff. No one has a concussion. Everyone's lucid. And it's just so silly as like a capper of of that intense foot chase. It just I, I sort of enjoy that as sort of a moment of absurd Oh, I love Fast it. and Furious. I think the guy, the 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 perp, whoever he's trying to capture, might be shooting his gun in the air as he's falling. It's <laughs> probably a absurd, over the top, oh. macho uh, moment. So that's to me, that would that would be my for. pick. I yes, love that. I think that's a great pick. I also love in the movies not to be like when they hit the nos, but it's always cool when they literally hit the nos and you go through the car and everything. Like it's so corny, but it always works. I'm like let's fucking go and like you, here you we go you have to do it at this point i feel like i've seen enough of them that oh, it's like, like every single one they hit where's it, we're the going moment the car. we yes. need it like yeah. i'm waiting yeah. um it's well, like the girls it's waiting. like the girls butts you can't have a yep. fa- like you, those are the two things you need to have yeah yep. or it's not a fast and furious girls shaking their booties and hit someone the hitting the button and then the camera goes <laughs> in the cgi which yes. in 2001, that was literally the most impressive thing that had ever been shot with CGI. Oh yeah, and we're still and we're still doing it now, which is and 21 like years same. later. It's just yeah. incredible. Yeah, and hey, it totally works. Well, that's and the homoerotic eye contact, Absolutely. which which brings of, us to number two, the male gaze award. I listen there. There are definitely some options, but I have to give it to our favorite boys. It has to go to Brian and Dom again. 100%. Went to them in the first movie, but like, there's really no other. I mean, come on. Like, it's yeah. so great. I would especially like to call out the moment in the finale that we talked about when Dom is like so worried that Brian is hurt and they yeah. just get to stare into each other's eyes for a moment. Um, it's lovely. And we stick with them for eight movies for a reason. Absolutely. I give it to Brian and Dom as well. I think maybe the first time they see each other or when they're in Braga's like 
little thing and he talks about as i said before like how did you used to date and they like are kind of like sizing each other up on yeah. how they're going to like play play their the Braga. past relationship yeah yeah which is always fun but i mean the whole movie is just like glances between the two of them like i don't even know if there's like one glance that stands out just because the whole movie is about like their glances yeah so i'm gonna like collective whole give yeah. it to brian and i love Dom. it yeah i support it matt, matt do you have a stare or a moment <laughs> <laughs> i can't think of a specific stare but i think the scene that i would i would highlight is the one towards the end right before the final chase scene where they've gone to mexico and gal gadot shows up to give them I guess she tells them where Braga is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, so there's, a, so it's a scene where, again, we've reintroduced, reminded you of this beautiful woman that neither one of them has any interest in at all. And so she comes in and she hands him the paper and I forget the dialogue, but she definitely like kisses Dom on the cheek and she's like touching his chest. And again, he has zero interest whatsoever. <laughs> And then she just drives off out of the movie. That's, I think, the last scene that she's she's yeah. in. And then they have this, you know, like, I guess it makes sense. But the the, the subtext, I don't even know what the subtext is supposed to be. Like, <laughs> what are they trying to say? But like, th that's where Paul Walker says, like, you know, this is where my jurisdiction ends. <laughs> and, and Dom is like, and that's where mine begins. Incredible. And like... They're, I guess they're just talking about the logistics of being a cop. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like the FBI doesn't work in Mexico. Like they're, you're an FBI right. agent in America. And when you go in Mexico, you're outside of your jurisdiction. But there's all this, like, they're there's playing more going this, in there. Like, yeah. There's, there's yeah. some innuendo. Like I'm trying to figure out, like, what are they trying like, to are say? Are you guys to about to fuck? Moment? What's going on? Are we yeah. about to so kiss that right would, now? Classic. That would be for me. That would be the the, the moment that would that really uh, seals seals the sort of just the whatever it is that's going on between them is it's really going on in that scene. Yes, it's a beautiful I, thing. I buy that. Yeah. Yes, and finally Ooh. the Olive Garden Award. The Olive Garden. When you're here, your family. I think I'm going to say the scene where they're all eating Chinese food yeah. back in LA. Yep. That's really cute. I did have a logistical question about how they ordered it since they're supposed to be off the grid. And I would assume that would pop really quickly, but you know, it's fine. I'm not going to think hey, too hard about it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Can, back in the good the food, old days. This food order is for Tom Doretto. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. That's yes. thank you, Tom thank you. Doretto. <laughs> oh God, I. It's pretty cute though. They have some Ronas, of course. Uh, yeah, I of think course. it's got to be that as well. Anytime they're gathering and they're eating is always a family moment. Yeah, it's and lovely. We gotta sync up again. I think it's probably the Chinese food. I just yeah. like. There's nothing more nice about the family than when they're gathered around the table with some Ronas, chatting about life, thinking about cars. <laughs> Nothing better. These Nothing better. movies. I swear to God. Matt, do you have a family moment? <laughs> I, I think that's I I think that's the obvious choice right? for that yeah. one. Because yeah. it's like they, they they say grace and that's when Dom you know. has Dom has eaten before he says grace, which I it's it's almost like he does it on purpose to like yes. be scolded. Like it's it's like a routine for them. Yeah. Like I I eat and then you yell at me and then I say it and then we all smile and chuckle and and we you know, like it's just like they're it's uh it's it's sort of the obvious one but i think that's got to be the winner for this movie i love it and a good showing overall absolutely brooke how much money did fast ampersand 
make upon its release. Yeah, I mean, listen, their reboot cool strategy worked really well because even though, you know, they're pretty high budgets, this one was $85 million and made $155 million domestic and $359 million worldwide. So, like, Not we're back. Bad. We're cooking with gas. It opened number one. It stayed number one for uh, quite some time. Yeah, you know, it played for a very respectable, like, three, four months, collected its cash, and then moved along to Fast Five. Amazing. I was wasn't quite at like the insane heights that like they end up reaching right. in terms I mean, of like they how they open. Growing yeah. From here. yeah. But this was a very respectable outing, especially for 2009. It's all good. I love it. Should we move on to the letterbox game? Yeah. It did well financially, but, but how does the letterbox community feel about it? Now we know that this is kind of an underloved yes. entry in the franchise. So Jordan, what do you think the average letterbox rating is? I'm going to go low. I'm going to say, I don't think it goes below a three, but I'm going to say it's a three one. All right, Matt, would you care to put in a guess? Not required. No, I'll guess. I'm going to guess a little lower. I'm going to say like 2.8. Matt, you are correct. Oh, it is a two eight on the Woof. money. Yeah. I don't like this one as much there. This is not one of, you know, this is not a beloved fast movie. Yeah. I keep being too nice to these. I know it's because you love them. And I, I love know. that like, for you. Everyone loves these, right? <laughs> we all like these movies and everyone's like, no, we don't. There <laughs> is a weird little pop of five stars on this one. So, I mean, good for this movie, Great I guess. But most people are giving it a uh, solid three. Like three. I okay. would just like to shout out uh, the tagline to this movie, which is new model, original parts. Great tagline. That's kind really of fucking good awesome. There's, most of the taglines for these are they really yes, good. They're really good. Um, And I, I'm actually like a sucker for a tagline. So... There's nothing I better. I appreciate it. There's I appreciate better. it. Anyway. We should be the marketing department as we have established exactly. throughout this episode. But in this case, I respect their their tagline decisions. Yes. All right. Well, Letterboxd aside, we can draw our own conclusions about this movie. How gay is this movie, bro? How, how queer do we think this movie is? On the QQ, scale of one to five, I... Listen, with the QQ, this, the QQ rating in this, this, this series, we are... I would say being more generous. We're playing by our own rules. So that everything can fit yeah. where we want it to fit. I will say, I think that this is one of the uh, queerer entries that I, I have agree. seen. You know I love a good enemies to lovers. Nothing better. Um, I do think it really culminates in a really wonderful way. So I'm going to be very generous and give it four stars. Look at us. We're holding <laughs> hands today. We're like Brooke Ampersand Jordan oh because my God. I'm going to go four as well. I think that this, as we've established, is one of the more queer ones. I think anytime you focus it, just on Brian and Dom, like with the first one, the boys. it's going to just have inherently more queer elements. In this one, they literally throw heterosexuality at these two men and they say, no, no thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I prefer my lover, Dom and Brian. So it's a four for me. Uh, Matt, where does it land on the scale yeah, for you? I mean, do you do, I don't know if you do half stars, but I oh, mean, I do have to be so a, down it's got to be at least a three and a half to a yeah. four, just yeah. for the reasons yeah. you laid out. I mean, yeah, there's... There's ample opportunities here for uh, some yes. heterosexual activities. Yes. And they and say no. And they say no. I guess with the with one or two rare exceptions, it's mostly like, yeah, I'm I'm good, thank you. I'm gonna hang out and and keep 
keep uh, playing with my car engine here. Right. <laughs> and like even like the, you know, the hetero moments with Mia and Brian, you're sort of just like, well, okay. Like, and they move through it so quickly. Like Justin Lin does not give a fuck. He's like, okay, they're making out. Okay, let's get to the other stuff. You Justin know? Lin, like oh, a lot of credit, I think, to Justin Lin for like yes. how he appreciates like what is important about this franchise, which is the family and the action yes and doesn't linger too much on the things that he knows that we don't really care about no so i appreciate it and i did really think that this was a good gay entry it is yeah we'd love to see it it'll be interesting at the end for you i'm i'm curious about how queer the movie is versus how, how good, good the, the movie, movie is and the the scales we, and how they weigh we will be giving the listeners lots of statistics that they definitely want and don't find at all <laughs> exhausting um but Seeing regardless 10 movies it's our podcast and we make the rules so that's what we're gonna do i love it yes matt thank you so much for coming on seriously thank you for being here this was this lovely was a lot of fun yeah it's a great true to delight talk about- riding by your side <laughs> mm. Mm. No, it's been a real pleasure. Who, who doesn't love talking about Fast and Furious 4 for almost two hours? I mean, yeah. really. Nothing, nothing better. I mean, oh, I mean, did we talk more longer than the movie? We might have, which but I think is a real, real possibly. mark of greatness. I think we yeah. might. That's always a good sign is when you go as long, if not longer than the movie. Like, that's yeah, my cup close. of tea. Yeah. yeah. If it's a if it's a quarter mile race, it's real. It's like it's neck and neck. neck and, and it's neck. just going to come down to who presses the, the nos at the right at the mm. right moment yep. for that mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i think jordan's goal is to one day outstrip the runtime of the movie by like double um, yep. so and i'm constantly fighting against that but i know that you'll wear me down yes you are we're the brian and dom yes. you want to keep us on the straight line and i try to veer us into crime yeah yeah that's great anyways matt anyways, um <laughs> you are amazing and if people don't know your work they obviously should so where should people check you out and also what are you up to uh well i mean they can follow me on twitter i guess twitter.com slash matt singer and uh yeah i work for screen crush the website that's where i'm writing uh every day so they can check out screencrush.com uh i don't know that's about it i'm working on the book a new book on that's not gonna be out for a while but that's, that's what i'm awesome. working on also right now about uh siskel and ebert Oh, amazing. Uh, so I'm very um, excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder what they would think about Fast 4. Well, Ebert didn't like it. I can tell you that. He gave uh. it like a star and a half. Sorry, sorry. I mean, and sadly, Gene had passed away already by uh, even... He never saw any of them, I guess, because he passed away in 1989. So, yeah, I looked at... I was curious because it was on my mind. I looked it up uh, earlier today. One and a half stars. I don't know about that one, Roger. I'm sorry. I don't know if I. I don't think I agree with you on that one. Disagree. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. We're gonna. We're not gonna hold it against him. We respect. No, no. Him. We're, we're great critics. It. So, but yes, yes, he was. He was not a fan of this one. Yeah, understand. It's fine. We Look, all have it's our a, own this roads. This is one you gotta. You gotta really simmer with it. It takes at least eight or nine viewings before you really unlock. <laughs> Yes. the full depth of the subtext of yes. Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. Before you may go, let's say, dumb mode, and exactly. when you can see everything. Yeah, yes, yeah, ah, yeah, you're right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Then right. you start to see everything, like see the, the equations open the up before your eyes. Yeah. Yes. yes, yes. It's wonderful. Well, we're also on the internet, not as exciting, but you can find us on Twitter. I'm a Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And we're together at Queer Quadrant, and the podcast is on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's wherever you care to get your podcast. It's in some tunnels on the mexico u.s border absolutely um drop us a rate drop us a review drop us a subscribe you can also tweet at us and tell us what you think about this movie maybe you agree with us maybe you agree with roger ebert i don't know 
I don't know. You'll have to let us know. Tell us your thoughts about the Fast and Furious franchise in general and also what you might like to see us cover in the future. And what are we covering in the future next week, Brooke? So as to not lose our entire listener base in a summer, we are doing Fast and Furious movies every other week as opposed to every week. So next week is an off week, but it's a very special episode. It is our 100th episode of the podcast. Oh my God. I cannot believe we've been doing this. Crack those Coronas, baby. Long enough for 100 (laughs) episodes. But to celebrate and, you know, to tie in with some upcoming movie dates, uh, we are covering a film that's we've been fans of for a very long time and is a very interesting blockbuster that may or may not contain some queer themes. We'll find out. Thor Ragnarok, probably the biggest uh, franchise you can get. Sorry. Yeah, and I'm sure there will be lots of that song playing absolutely so anyway you can tune in next week for that and brooke do you have anything you would like to leave our q fast q furious listeners with braga 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 that's all i got (laughs) it's like charlie uh like the peanuts cartoons instead of the parents they're just going braga (laughs) salute me familiar